Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 57. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today I interview Tony Amiglio. Tony is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, and he is the founder of Transcend Agency, a marketing company that has worked with clients such as the UFC, Nike, GoPro, EA Sports, ESPN, and Fox Sports, to name a few. He talked about the never-give-up attitude in jiu-jitsu and life, the importance of accountability partners in your personal and professional life. My main takeaway from the interview is when he said complacency breeds failure, which inspired me to title this episode the exact same quote. Stick around for my final thoughts after the interview when I expand on the topic complacency breeds failure. Stay tuned right after Jiu-Jitsu Tribe's message. Wuss. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Jiu-Jitsu Tribe, formerly Live Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu Tribe supports social projects who offer free jiu-jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to pay for their monthly expenses and facility makeovers. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donate all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Jiu-Jitsu Tribe. For more information, please visit www.jujitsutribe.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Tony Amiglio. Tony is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. In 2009, Tony founded Transcend Agency, a marketing company that has worked with clients such as the UFC, Nike, GoPro, EA Sports, ESPN, and Fox Sports, just to name a few. They have also worked with Max Holloway, BJ Penn, Anderson Silva, Cron Gracie, and Manny Pacquiao as well. In 2016, Tony and his business partner acquired Moscova from Quicksilver, who is one of the pioneers that transcended into lifestyle space of surf, jiu-jitsu, and health. Tony has also started a passion project, Collab, which is rooted in jiu-jitsu and relates training with art and fashion. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure. Great to have you here, man. So how would you just show up in your life or martial arts in general if you have practiced any other style? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I have. Uh, I uh, grew up in Hawaii, and I actually started in karate, me and my brother. Uh, we started in karate and uh, did that for about uh, five years. Um, after karate, um, you know, went to, you know, school and, and, uh, college and all that high school, college and all that stuff. And then actually started, uh, in a cart art, art called, uh, Kaju Kembo. Um, okay. and it's a, you know, a, a mix of karate, uh, boxing, jujitsu and, and judo. Um, it's, it's a Hawaiian based art. And I did that for about, uh, four or five years. Um, but the real, the, how it really came into my life was um, came, coming from Hawaii. Um, everybody heard of BJ Penn. So, you know, BJ Penn is a legend. He's a goat. 
um, you know, being a, a, you know, getting his black belt in three years, being the first non-Brazilian to win the, the Worlds in 2000. And uh, I remember watching BJ back in Hawaii um, at Rumble on the Rock event um, when he fought Gomi, and that was like in 2003. And uh, I remember this guy was handling, you know, much bigger guys, you know, he went up in weight, down in weight, and it, it didn't matter what size the guy was, but I was just, just enamored with the sport. Um, and it, it's always been in the back of my mind that I was always going to practice jujitsu. And five years after that, um, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to actually work with BJ. I worked with, uh, JD Penn, his brother and his attorney, Gary Levitt. And that's, uh, that's how it mostly came in my life. I, I saw BJ doing a lot of his, um, training, um, in camps, um, you know, during his fights and, uh, working for BJPenn.com. It was just always around me. And um, through that, Alan Goez, who is also a, a Carlson Gracie, a black belt, um, he was at BJ's, one of BJ's camps. Um, he was at several BJ's camps, but I actually, you know, went up and introduced myself. Hey, Tony Miglio, I work with BJ. I've heard about you. You're such a legend. I want to start jujitsu. And he was like, get your gi on. Let's start right now. And, um, you know, that's, that's how it actually came into my life. Yeah. That's cool, so. man. I was, we're in 2019. I was hanging out with BJ last year at the UFC Sao Paulo. It was, mm -hmm. was September. And we met the first time in 98. That was the first time I came to compete in the U.S. He was mm -hmm. a purple belt. I was brown belt. That's one of my, I think it was maybe my last brown belt tournament. Maybe I had one more. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I saw him. And, man, he wasn't training for that long. He was a purple belt, but I was very impressed. Right. Back then already, you know, so it's really really impressive i know that there's a lot of people who actually listen to the podcast new generations don't know much or maybe you just see right now or did you in ufc or they don't know much about his uh, his history in jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. per se and uh, as you mentioned being able to get through his black belt so quick sure and he was obsessed with the learning man and very gifted guy and always have a lot of fun with him. Now, how do you feel jiu-jitsu relates to life? Um, jiu-jitsu is a very big and impactful part of my life. This is actually, you know, we get this question a lot, as you know, as um, jiu-jitsu practitioners, you know, and it, it, it really has changed my life. Um, everybody says that, and it's such a cliche, but, you know, and when you get dig deep into it, it really does change your life. Um, it's like air and water to me. Um, I owe so much to this art. Um, I've found so many instances referring back to um, jujitsu um, in my life, and I, you know, for many reasons. Uh, the first thing that I can I can relate to in my life it, it's is to never give up. Um, and anything, it's it's so easy to make excuses and give up. Um, you know, kind of let me elaborate on this a little bit more. In jujitsu, we find ourselves like in very uncomfortable positions either, you know, we're getting smashed or getting choked out or almost getting submitted. And, you know, those are the times where, you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you know, never give up. And, you know, it's, it's easy not, you know, not to roll with partners that, that challenge you or, or tap you out when, when, you know, or tap you out, but that's the only way we're going to grow. So, you know, in those times, those, there's always that little voice, you know, in, in our heads that always says, man, if I can survive five more seconds, um, or, you know, and, and my opponent makes the wrong adjustments, then, you know, I'll be able to escape or do something. So again, it's, it's always coming back to, to, you know, never give up. And, you know, the second, the second thing that 
that for, for life is um, consistency. You know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, what, what age we are, what skill or ability. Um, you have to keep on going. You have to be consistent. I mean, one of those guys that, uh, that I train with, uh, Nick the Tooth, you know, he's a brown belt under the, the, the Mendez bros. And, he, you know, he's a PANS champ, Master Worlds champ. And I think he's like 50, like almost 50 or close to 50. But, you know, he's always grinding. You know, no matter what is always consistent, is always in there. And he's, in, he inspires me. Um, same thing in business, you know, consistency is key, just like your podcast, you know, always putting it out, um, always putting out great content, being consistent. Um, you know, that, th- 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 those are the things that, that really transcend BJ, BJJ uh, as part of my life. And then, you know, the last thing is, is obviously is, is adjustments, um, in life. Um, not, you know, not one move will work for for the same person in jujitsu and in life. So that's why I think I'm that we're so addicted to jujitsu because everyone is is a challenge, and uh, you know, it's who can make the better decisions and the better adjustments wins. You know, wins in jujitsu or or if you if you're in a match, it's the same for business. You know, you have to be constantly adjusting. Um, complacency breeds failure. So if you're just staying in that one keel or you know, using the same move on, on the same guy, you know, obviously you're going to figure out. So being, you know, able to adjust, you know, on the situations is a big part, you know, so my buddy, you know, um, Jason Parzaro, he's like the king of collab over at a, a small, it's a pretty small company, small, but it's actually a great big company, NVIDIA. And he's always adjusting in business and his lifestyle and stuff to, 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 to become a better person. So, Jiu-jitsu is a huge, big part of my life, um, and I owe a lot of that to you know to my to my instructor Paulo Guillabel. Um, he's such a great you know practitioner, amazing teacher, and you know the guys around me um, like you know Sensei Pretz, Guy, you know Jack, Homero, Micah, you know Esteban, Lou, you know all those guys, Brent um, at my academy. They, they they make me a better person. That's so. great, man. And I like that you said about the adjusting and. That's the beauty of jujitsu too. That, of course, maybe you're not gonna use everything that you learn, but you pick and choose. You, you. I like to say that you, you start to build your own playbook. Mm-hmm. You start to understand things. You know all the knowledge that have been acquired from people, from teachers, from maybe online training, from whatever. All the information is out there. You start to see, hey, what works for me? What works for my body type? For my flexibility? Exactly. And in business is very similar. You start to create your own playbook for your business. You get tips here and there. You go to a conference and you do this and you take class. Oh, I like this. Oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You start to see, you start to adjust to whatever works for you. So absolutely, that's the cool thing about jujitsu, having someone that can say, Gustavo, I'm not flexible. Don't even come close to me with this inverted right. stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, but you know, I'm good with a deep half guard in this and that. And they start to... Uh, adjust and see whatever works. So that's the fun part of it that people can really pick and choose what direction they want to take their game to. So, Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you know, I mean, gosh, getting older, like what you said, trying to play that invert game or, or that I, I can't do that stuff anymore, you know, or never could really do it. So it's good to, to have, you know, different pieces, like what you said that we can pick off of, off from and, and use certain training partners or, or people that, you know, have that same, style but also have a different style and then you're gonna have to adjust just to them so so when did you have the spark to pursue your vision to start a a marketing company 
Um, gosh, the I think I, I've always I've always loved marketing and business. I mean that that's that's what I went to to college for um, at uh, Loyola Marymount. Um, but I think it started like in, in 2008. Um, and the reason I say that's because that's actually the first year I started working um, with BJ Penn um, and the UFC, you know, coming a little bit out of college and stuff. But uh, that's when I realized that you have to create opportunities. Um, you can't let stuff just, you know, fall into your lap. You really do have to create opportunities. And when I had the opportunity to work with such a legend um, like BJ Penn, um, I think it was time to to make some 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 waves in the industry. I worked, you know, with uh, again with JD, um, Gary Levitt, um, on a lot of projects for BJ, and and one of those projects again um, was that uh, the iTunes project where we we were the very first um, UFC MMA app, and we debuted at like number thirteen. Um, in I think this was back in two thousand and ten or something. But yeah, that that that. That was a that was that was when it really sparked my vision, um, and from there, getting all those contacts and working with a lot of people, um, you know, as that uh, it it led to where we're at with Moscova. Um, they were at that time um, back in two thousand and ten um, or twelve when I started working with uh, Moscova. They were still owned by Quicksilver, so um, and I started working in the space for Mox Moscova as a, a jiu-jitsu in the jiu-jitsu space. Um, so it was my, my job to kind of grow the jiu-jitsu space, um, even though they already had um, Crone Gracie. Uh, but it, it was that, at that opportunity that I was able to, 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 to grow the space um, a little bit more. Um, and I did that, you know, working with um, a lot of people in that environment. But the, the uh, biggest part of it was actually um, – when Moscova participated in a little event called Jiu-Jitsu Battle, um, I don't know if you've heard of it before, but yeah, I remember they for yeah. like lower belts, right? Exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It was cool, yeah, yeah. So that was put together by um, a great friend of mine, Al Lagura, and uh, we did an he did an amazing job. They did a collaboration with with Shoya Roll, you know, with Bear, with AMP, with you know RV. And then Moscova with uh, Ryan Hackman and myself. But again, like what you said, it was a tournament on on lower jiu-jitsu belts. It's kind of the first of its its kind, and it 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 uh, collaborated kind of with that that street. So we had like a little bit of a, a warehouse with some graffiti on it and all that yeah, stuff. I so. watched it, yeah. And they yeah. had like a lot of the big names. Now they competed a tournament back then as blue and purple. Exactly. Yeah, you know all those. You know, you know all the guys like you know Edwin Najmi and Gabriel Argis. You know, Mike Liera. You know, the Meow brothers participated, and you know, so that that's when you know I knew that you know Moscow would be and Jiu Jitsu would be an impactful impactful part of my life and. You know, our crew was was different. It was inspiring and all that. So, so from there, I knew that um, the turn the from the tournament, I knew that it would grow outside of the 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 uh, you know outside of just the BJJ community. And uh, so, during that transition of starting the agency, and how was the mindset back then? You know, you're working with a BJ, and then you start to kind of go to that route and go. Mm -hmm. and to Moscova, how was the mindset dealing with all the new changes and new challenges? Um, I, it, I saw it as really positive again. And, and in 2008, everything was, was centered around, you know, jujitsu because, you know, that was a big, big part of my life. Um, 
but in 2013, I really started to see the, the crossover um, and the collaborations in the sport. Um, and I really loved, you know, the lifestyle sports and it, it had a big um, impact on, you know, training and not just, you know, you know, training as far as jujitsu, but, you know, we saw it through Moscova um, when, you know, whether surf, there's yoga, you know, a lot of movement. Um, and then guys like, you know, guys, the OG guys like um, um, Sensei uh, Mr. Alvaro from, from Hinastica Natural. So, you know, that's, that's when the mindset of the vision, you know, was just jujitsu, but then it started to really cross over into all these different sports and then also nutrition, um, you know, whether it being paleo, keto, um, or vegan, you know, that, that was a, another crossover that I saw because, you know, as, as athletes, you know, we, we can't, we can't show up and, and just, you know, from, you know, a, a night of partying or anything like that, you know, we really got to be, pay attention to our body. Yeah. And now is ma your main focus now in your career is Moscova? It is. It's, it's, uh, it's one of the focuses on my career. I, you know, I'm the, the GM of the, uh, you know, the Americas right now, but, uh, yeah, it's the big part of my, my, uh, my DNA. It is. And what would you say is uh, one of your worst entrepreneurial experience so far? And what did you learn from it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, pretty candid and, and honest about this. So, you know, first, you know, with business, it, it's, it's a dog eat dog world. Um, it's, it's a very competitive. Um, I still tr struggle with this because, uh, being a biz, being a business and some of the friends you've made, it's, it's hard to, to kind of draw that line as yes. you know. So, um, we've all experienced that. Um, and what I mean that you can't let, you know, business decisions, um, affect, you know, your friendship. Um, and it's really hard to separate the two, especially, you know, in jujitsu, surf and training, it's the DNA, DNA of Moscow. And there are very, you know, there are a few brands in that space that have that same vibe and it's a very competitive space. So many of those guys that, uh, are my friends and, and were my friends, they continue being my friends, um, are that circle is so small and we all share that common interest, but it gets competitive, you know, as you know. Um, so, you know, over time business gets in the way, you know, friends to, friends, you know, they tend to get, go into uh, different directions, um, because of, you know, time, you know, competitive situation or interest, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about your friends and, and, uh, you know, the true, true friends that you have and family that really supports you. And they really tell you the, the shit that you don't want to hear, you know, um, but you have to hear it, um, face to face. So, you know, that, 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 that's one of the, the aspects of, of um, learning being an entrepreneurial in business. Yeah. This is something that I have brought up in previous interviews or not just not just me but actually other guests talking about that mm -hmm. and dealing with staff situation or employees or and it's exactly what you said because for example maybe you have few not few but a lot of jujitsu school owners listening to this interview and it's not like you for the most part you don't put an ad instructor jujitsu instructor needed Mm -hmm. um, usually it's more someone is coming up under you and they start helping out here. Next thing you become uh, an employee and then you have the personal relationship and it's hard and it's hard because it sometimes is. it's not because someone, your friends or someone that means that you have the same work ethic or the same values as mm -hmm. far as work goes. So 
I had to learn that, which is one of my biggest struggles in my career is staff related to staff and dealing with the interpersonal skills kind of in big time of learning sure. how are you going to deal with this, with the, the personal side. And that's something that years ago I really struggle and that cost me a lot of relationships or, mm-hmm. or with the employees as well. And I don't even know when I learned this, but I started to implement and I still use to this day. I use very, very, very often. And that's a suggestion for you and all the listeners who have to deal with personal relationships like that or sometimes work with family members, which is a rough, yeah, yeah. very rough one. And I like to say that, uh, for example, you, you're going to wear different hats and like the same way I do have different hats, let's say with someone that I'm his teacher, I'm his boss and I'm his friend. There's mm-hmm. three different hats. Sure. And when we combine all hats in one, that's a problem because that's when people say, like, I thought we're friends. I thought this and like, no. So when I'm going, I'm very specific. And this is a suggestion for you and all the listeners. I do. I use this most likely weekly. Mm-hmm. Depend how many crucial conversations I need to have during the week. By the way, it's a great book called Crucial Conversations for People Who Are Interested. Oh, I'm going to take note of that. Thanks. I'll yeah. say that. Okay, you know that I explain this. You know that I wear a lot of hats with you, right? You know that mm-hmm. I have my hat friend and I have my, my boss hat. Okay, right now I'm wearing my, my boss hat. There's nothing to do with how I feel about you as a person. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this. If the person's not going to have the emotional maturity to handle that. Yeah, that's so on them. You're right. So be it. And that they might give you a guilt trip of like, what the hell? I thought that that that's on them. But I mm-hmm. try to frame that the best, the best way possible. If it's not, if that means the relationship, it's gonna we're gonna go in separate ways. Period. Not just business and personal. So be it, man. Right. But if I can, or sometimes it's someone that, uh, let's say, teaches at my school. And I separate, okay, this is personal. Uh, this is my relationship with you as, mm-hmm. uh, as friends. And this is, this is the person. Okay, the, the business, this is the, here. Okay, we're not going to work any longer. However, I would love you to be in this bus, training with us, being part of the King of Heaven. But this here, you know, so I do have a lot of friends that I have. Man, it was a rough, rough conversation. Yes. Yes. Rough. It gives you a lot of anxiety when you think about it. Like, uh, it does. And, and it, it came out great. The conversation came great. They don't work, but we still, the personal relationship got even better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And on yeah. the other hand, there's some that just went different ways. So just, I'm just, I just want to throw out a quick challenge for the listeners out there. I want you to pay, and that's one for you too. Mm-hmm. I will. Um, I like you to think about, a crucial conversation, crucial conversation. That means anytime there's, you know, there's going to have some tension, like Friction, some anxiety, yeah. like, Ugh, yeah, that have been pending for a long time. You've been postponing and you know that you need to have the conversation wearing different hats. And you know that if you don't do this, it's just a matter of, it's not going to get any better. If it's not mm-hmm. addressed, how the situation is going to get better. You have to bring that up. Right. You feel that anxiety and like, and, and pull it off. So my challenge is for you to pick one 
crucial conversation that has been pending for a long time is not to necessarily to be a confrontation, but it's just express how you feel about something in order to improve the relationship. If the person is going to take personal, again, that it's on them, but it, it always comes from the approach. Sure. How, how are you going to say? A suggestion, I, I, I learned this at some point too in my life, I don't know when, and another suggestion for, for you and the listeners is I, I learned something that uh, is that every time you're going to express yourself and probably some of my, my friends or maybe former or current employees maybe have heard me to talk you know, like this or so probably going to recognize, <laughs> never say, well, I think this, 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 this. You never say, I think, you say, I feel, because right. I think, well, you're thinking wrong, and then can turn, and now, when you say, well, play on words. Feel, yeah, yeah, you say, I feel like, well, we're feeling wrong, well, now I feel wrong, is that a right, right or wrong feeling? Right. I wish I could say that I'm feeling a different way, but this is what is inside of me, it's sure. causing me to feel this way. So, usually, how are you going to choose your words? Help you know, to say that you can't question someone's feeling. It, it, it is what it is. You know? It is. Yeah. So, yeah. You're, you're, you're exactly right. You know, and, and, you know, being, you know, an entrepreneur and having your own business, it, like it, it's, it's, it's a lonely place. Um, you know, you, you, you have a, a lot of, um, for you, you probably have a lot of, you know, podcast listeners, a lot of people that support your business. Same thing, you know, with Moscova, they love the brand, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about having, you know, people that put you in check and separate the, you know, the business, you know, from, from, from the friendship, you know, and, you know, a guy that really puts me in check, even though, you know, it's a lonely place is, you know, it's my business partner, you know, Aaron, you know, he's already a successful business guy. He's got good business acumen. He ran, you know, a, a multi-million dollar company. Um, and he's a great friend and we've worked on so many great projects together since 2012, but he really does keep me in check with some of the projects. You know, I think it's such a, sometimes you think it's such a great idea, on, on some of these projects, but, you know, he really takes a step back and saying, Hey, is this really, you know, part of Moscova's DNA? Um, you know, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, a big example is like when we come out with Max Holloway's fight t-shirts, there's some, you know, uh, ideas that crazy ideas that I have that I think will work for everybody. But, you know, he, he really puts the, uh, uh, perspective, you know, back and he's got, you know, different eye in the brand. So he always keeps me in check, you know, all the time, but, you know, yeah, I think it's really good what you said about basically an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. That's what I mentioned you saying. And you said something earlier that I really like, complacency breeds failure. Right. And having that accountability partner helps you kind of, I don't know, minimize the chance of you being complacent. There's someone on you with me that's my wife that she'll get, <laughs> for example, this topic of the crucial conversations. She she handles that a lot she a lot better than i do but there's times in our business i don't know if even some of the listeners might be going through this right now i don't know but it's like a, the little cartoon that there's a week that there's a little cloud in the top of you it's just raining like no always stop yeah week, yeah you know? yep and you're like man when this weather is gonna go by so, so very often you have to do something for this cloud to start moving otherwise sure. the cloud's just going to be there Mm -hmm. And one of, I had a, a big one, a big cloud, maybe like two years ago. 
there, there was, uh, I was here in my office. She stopped right here, have a whiteboard. And then she said, like, she got the pen of like, list. <laughs> what are the list of people that you need to have crucial conversations? And then, and she just stayed on me for, a, in, two, in two, well, it was about two weeks, close to 10 days. I had 12 crucial conversations. That was hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but she wasn't, have you talked with this person? And she'll go there and she'll scratch. So yeah, she put you in like, check. <laughs> yeah, my accountability point of, yeah, is definitely just feeling the anxiety. Oh my God, I really need to have that conversation. Sure. So since I like that you said complacency breeds failure, what would you say for someone, for one of the entrepreneurs, the listeners right now, there's something mm -hmm. that you have done the accountability partner is one, which is mm -hmm. great. anytime you can have an accountability partner for anything, uh, it's great. But anything that can help someone that, uh, and for the listeners, you have to be brutally honest with you to realize that, yes, you've been complacent. Mm -hmm. You have to be humble enough to be like, I'm kind of my comfort zone right now. Some All people right. want to be in denial. If you're in denial, maybe this episode is not for you. But if you stop to think about it, like, you know what? I am being a little complacent. And again, mm -hmm. it will lead to failure. That cloud is going to be there. You know, sure. and you have to make it happen. So besides having an accountability partner, what would you say is something that has helped you and can help the listeners of not being as complacent or moving away from complacency? Um, that's a great question. I think, you know, uh, passion. Mm -hmm. Plays plays a, a big part of it, and, and you know a lot of your guests always talk about that, and you know you talk about passion a lot, and um, because it, it really does um, resonate, you know, with with life and your journey of work. You know, you, you want to do something that you're really passionate about. You know, if if you look at many successful, you know, entrepreneurs or business people, it's all about passion. They're not worried about you know getting the paycheck because you know what what they do is is real. So um, if you're not passionate about uh, what you do, then it, it, it really does show an, an example of this and um, is that, you know, it's uh, for Moscova is that, you know, we worked in the uh, CrossFit space for a quick minute. Um, and I was introduced to the CrossFit space, obviously, because, of, you, you know, um, BJ Penn and, you know, he worked with Greg Glassman, you know, who is a, a, the pioneer, the owner of uh, CrossFit. But, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, one of my training partners is Jimmy Letchford, you know, and then also Joey Jimenez who works for Rogue and Jimmy works for CrossFit itself. But I always wanted to get into CrossFit. But the, the funny thing about it is that I've never done CrossFit in my life. I wasn't passionate about it. So I was really trying to force, not force, but have Moscova become part of CrossFit when it wasn't really part of the DNA. And it, sh it shows, you know, um, you know, it, it people on the CrossFit side or the, or the, you know, audience really know that, Hey, this, this, this really doesn't make sense. I mean, not organic. It's right. not organic. Yeah. It's not organic. So, you know, for jujitsu, you know, as a jujitsu practitioner, we take some of those pieces of CrossFit, you know, cross training and stuff, but, you know, being an actual CrossFitter, there's a very few select, you know, uh, niche in that for that guys that do jujitsu, you know, and also, uh, do CrossFit. So you really have to be, you know, passionate of, about, you know, what you do. Um, and that actually crossed over into like the yoga space. Um, for me, um, I'm really passionate about it. I mean, ju you know, uh, jujitsu has always been part of my life. And then, you know, as we got older, um, the movements, uh, 
you know, got harder for me, you know, being able to stretch and wake up. And a lot of these people were, were telling me, Hey, do yoga. Like, you know, my buddy, you know, Calvin Corzine, you know, he's a brown belt, um, at Crohn's and then, um, also Sash, who's the owner of jujitsu do, um, a Kundalini, uh, yoga guy, but he was like, dude, you got to do yoga. You got to do yoga. You got to stretch. A lot of people told me that. And, you know, about three months ago, I really started to incorporate it in my life. And it, it really has helped me out with flexibility, mobility, core, and gives me great positive energy. And I'm really passionate about that. So that's where I see a lot of like, you know, Moscova really crossing into, you know, the yoga space or even Colab really crossing into, you know, the, the yoga space. So being passionate, again, make it going about it in a, in a, in a long way. Yeah, uh, two things. Number one, yeah, yoga is a big part of my life. It really helped me with my, as the same thing you said, flexibility, especially since I, I struggle a lot with lower back. Sure. And since I used to do yoga a long time ago in Brazil, was very consistent, was part of my training. And mm -hmm. I stopped for a long time. And last year I got back to it. And man, it helped me. In the morning, I used to wake up like, oh, my God, I have my morning routine of stretching and stuff like that. But uh, I'm I'm very happy how I just get up, not like grabbing my lower back. Yep, you know? yep. So that that really helped me. And it's you mentioned about the passion, and the passion I feel that is going to to really, as I mentioned, drive you not to be complacent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're being comp uh, complacent because of the lack of the passion. Sure. Maybe doing something, I'm like kind of like ah, I'm kind of burnt out of this. I'm kind of tired of this. I don't know. Maybe something to reevaluate. Reevaluate what you're doing right now. Is this something that I really want to keep doing? Mm -hmm. Or because if you are passionate about something else, maybe you don't be complacent with something else. But always comes down to the mission. What really drives you? And if you really enjoy really what you're doing of course there's moments in our lives that we maybe I could get lazy here and there that's normal that's part of the human being yeah yeah but if that's your every day for years that's a problem that's a big problem and you're the only one to actually go and fix that so yep passion for sure now what would you say it's a one high performance habit that you have that you practice daily that helps you in everything in your life doesn't matter jujitsu business personal it always comes back to, I think, what we had talked about and, and what you mentioned is, again, it's the, it's the accountability and, and consistency. Um, you know, then this goes hand in hand. And, and I saw that, uh, I think you've, you met Gary Vee. Didn't you take a, to, a couple pictures with him or did you? No, 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 no. No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't met him. Okay. Do you, do you listen to Gary Vee at all? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's like, you know, accountability. Like, who's in charge of me? You know, it, it's it's me. And that, you know, that's what's said by, by you know, Gary, you know, Gary Vee. And again, the, the mats, you know, mats never lie, especially in jiu-jitsu. And that's a fact, you know. Granted, you know, th th there's a lot of, you know, factors in jiu-jitsu, like, like age, how many times a week we train and, 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 you know, where we train. But the underlying fact is that, you know, the mats never lie. That's why, you know, I, I love jujitsu and, and it's all about accountability, you know, and uh, checking your ego at the door and all that stuff. And it, and it relates, to relates to to life. The more you practice and improve yourself, then, you know, again, the, the journey progressive progresses. And it's the same way with business. It's all about accountability, um, looking at the bottom line and all that stuff. So this all lines up and you just can't really show up you know, to have to incorporate this in your life. I, I, I really do feel you have to, if, if you don't train 
I feel guilty. I actually feel guilty if I don't train jujitsu and I think about it daily and it really has changed my life. So accountability is a big thing. And what advice would you give to the younger Tony when you had the spark, let's say to start your agency, getting in the, the world of the marketing, working with athletes and different companies, not that you want anything different because that's part of your journey. You, mm-hmm. know, you are where you're at in your life because you made the, the good or the not so good decisions, all the, the experiences, everything that you've learned. However, if, when you look back and you're starting to get in that world, what would be one advice that you'd give to the younger Tony or which is someone that is getting into that field? Um, that's, that's actually a, a really great question. There's so many different uh, answers, but you know, the, the biggest thing is actually, uh, being able to connect, you know, with people, um, connecting outside of, of your space. And, and again, using that connections and in, into your, into your passion. Um, if that makes sense, uh, you know, I'm, I, the, Prime example that that I can think of is uh, Brian, you know, a friend of mine who's a training partner too. He's he's uh, the, one of the owners of Violent Gentlemen, um, and I've you know been blessed and and had blessing had the opportunity to actually collaborate and work with with Brian from Violent Gentlemen on a number of projects. But Brian grinds, you know, and he does what he likes to do. Um, it's so much easier to say this than. He's one of the owners of, of Violent Gentleman. Violent Gentleman is actually a hockey brand, um, but he's always had jujitsu in his life, um, and he's one of the OGs in jujitsu. He, you know, he he trained with Bisping and Rampage back in the day, and again, he started you know, Violent Gentleman with two other guys. But he, I've seen them grow tremendously. But I've always he's always found a way to connect back to his roots, um, and his roots is jujitsu and passion. And, uh, you know, he trains jujitsu every day and, you know, we train here at, at the violent gentleman jujitsu club. Um, so, you know, there, you know, there's a great crew here that we train at every day. These guys are here at, you know, three o'clock every day, you know, Brian, you know, Ito, John, Biggie tooth, you know, J rut, all those guys. And, you know, right now some guys are gearing up for worlds. We've got, you know, Tommy Lang, Langacre and also Nikki. So, you know, he found a way to connect what he likes, his passion and, and connecting that into, to, um, into jujitsu and his passion. So this is a topic actually I talk on, not me, but on Seth Daniels from fight to win on episode. Oh, yes. Number two. And that was a really cool episode. And that's exactly what he said. I love you said about connecting the passion because that's what he did. He used to, promote parties he used to get involved with uh bands and promoting all that kind of sure. stuff and he loved the martial arts the jujitsu and judo and it's really cool and he did and he he said i was able to to combine just connect both passions that i love promoting parties so what about if i promote a party for for jujitsu for submission wrestling for right. judo where people come in and they have the music they have the walk out so that is brilliant because it really excites him to do both. You know, he felt that, you know, just a party wasn't doing it for him and just the jujitsu, he kind of missed that aspect. So he combined both. So he got a great business and a lot of people were trying to do some similar styles that what he's doing. But right, right. now he's definitely, he's the man. 
Yeah, his farm had <laughs> yeah. a specific route, the, the, that specific strategy. Uh, I think he's killing it right now because, and because of the passion that he has for both. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, all you young guys out there, like, like what you said, like, you know, being able to connect, you know, a passion that you really like. And then, um, you know, connect it back to either jujitsu or surf or, or yoga. I mean, uh, you know, I like the, that. The, the, yeah. Do you have the, the habit of reading or I do. Audiobook? I do. Okay. I do. So I do. what did so, you say it's a impactful book and why to share with people different moments of your life, maybe read, but, uh, what would be one or a couple suggestions that you have? Sure. Yeah. I, there's always the, the, the typical business stuff like, you know, tipping point by, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Malcolm Gladwell or, you know, seven habits of highly effective people, you know, by Covey or even, you know, um, good to great by Jim Collins. Those are, you know, always great entrepreneurial books, but again, going back to passion and, and what's relating to me now, I'm halfway through this book and, um, I really want to recommend, um, you know, wired to eat, um, by Rob Wolf. I don't know if you, you've ever, no. um, this guy is a, um, he's, he's a very smart biochemist and bonus. He's actually a purple belt in jujitsu. Um, so he's written another book called, um, the payload solution. Um, and both of his books are, are bestsellers, but he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast a number of times. What is his and name? Let me let, write it down here. Rob Wolf, R O B B, um, W O L F. Okay. F yeah. Rob Wolf. So got it. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. So his, his book, you know, wired to eat, um, really made it's, it's actually making a big impact on my life because it's actually, you know, breaking down as far as what we put in our bodies, um, and getting the maximum, um, output of it, whether it be, you know, paleo or keto, and he does all these different, you know, blood measurements and all that stuff, but it's actually optimizing, um, your body and the, the, well, how I got into this was actually my wife. Uh, so my wife, Anne Marie, um, it was the eye opener cause she was actually diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. Um, and, uh, she had to find a solution how to, to deal with her headaches, you know, lack of strength and being lethargic. And this was actually about eight years ago. Um, she, and before she, any, she was doing this about eight years. So before anybody talked about, started talking about, you know, being gluten free and all that stuff, she started doing research on her own because all the traditional medicine doctors were just, you know, diagnose, diagnosing her incorrectly. They're saying, Oh, you know, you probably just have the flu or something like that. It, it, but it kept on building and building. So through countless you know, hours of research on the internet, she found the pioneers like, like Mark Sison or, or, you know, Chris Kresser and Dr. Um, Perlmutter and then actually Rob Wolf. And, this book really makes sense because it's not some, you know, diet, you know, bullshit stuff, but it's actually makes sense. And she was like, Hey, did you know that, that Rob practices jujitsu? And I was like, I didn't know who, who he was, but I did hear about him, you know, again, through the Joe Rogan stuff. So I did some research on this guy. So again, it brings into perspective what we put in our bodies and, and how to optimize the, the output of the foods we consume. So cool. got a great opportunity to, to hang out with him at paleo FX. Um, and that's a big event, um, back in Austin. Um, and it talks about, you know, we, it was a big, uh, conference that has, you know, a lot of speakers and doctors and, and, and it talks about nutrition, um, and, and trying to solve it non-traditional ways, uh, you know, with, with medical doctors, but through, through science. Cool. I have to check it out. 
for all the listeners who are getting close to the end of the interview, and if you're listening for the first time, usually what I like to do, I reflect on the interview and I try to get a takeaway to expand on the topic. I like to say that, I mean, nowadays, Sony, I don't teach jujitsu as often. Maybe once a week for the fundamentals, there's times that I, I don't teach. But for the most part, I still like to introduce jujitsu to people. So uh, I feel that I'm a <laughs> teacher by nature. Mm-hmm. And, but I like to teach other things too. And the podcast is a good chance for me at the end to reflect on something that has been said, research, and then teach. Everyone who is listening and the mission of the podcast, which is my mission in life, is to inspire, impact, and improve the lives of others. So I would do my best to create an audio from 5 to 12 minutes long. It depends. And some people have been listening to the podcast and listen to me saying it's hard. It's, it's easy to put content. It's hard to put great content. Really Good, great content, content. yeah. So I have to research a lot. And sometimes it means reading a book to do a seven-minute audio. Mm-hmm. because it's that meaningful to me. And that's why I want to make sure that whatever information, if I'm going to open my mouth to share something, I don't put as much, as many videos as I used to. I'm kind of done with a, this part of video, but I really like the audio. So it's the same thing. If I want to, if I'm going to put something out, I want to make sure that it's a quality content. So with that said, just make sure that you guys uh, stick around that um, having I don't know what direction I want to go yet with the final thoughts but make sure that I stick around after the interview so what are you currently excited about Tony what's going on going on with your business and and life what's going on uh there's a lot of things to be excited life is life is is beautiful it's it's such a gift um you know I'll always be excited about Moscova it's actually you know it's in my DNA uh, very passionate about the brand um, so again, we just, you know, Moscow just released a new line of performance underwear training stuff. Um, and then also, you know, news just came out, you know, my boy Max Holloway is fighting on July 27th. So we're pumped about, you know, Moscow putting out a, a, a shirt and some, some marketing material around that. Um, but again, working with a lot of athletes, companies, opportunity, it, it allowed me to start a little passion project, my own called, you know, collab COL and then X L A B. Um, and we dropped, you know, we're going to, going to be dropping something, um, you know, at the world's event. So we'll be there with, uh, the Coca collective guy with Homolo with his, um, everyday Pajada with want versus need, um, and monkey tape. So yeah, we have a little great project coming up at world. So come by the booth. Um, I'll be helping out the Coca collective guys with that. Yeah. Stuff. I'd love to know a little bit more about it. Can you, can you expand a little bit more on, on this project? Yeah. So it, it, it's uh it's a very small grassroots uh, organic kind of project uh, you know I, I it's uh like what what you said organic and, and grassroots i'm not it's not here to, to, to make any money i just i just love jujitsu and i'm very passionate about it so just through the relationships that i've that i've garnished and and, and spent i put together i put together something you know called collab um since everybody's doing a lot of these uh, collaborations and i like to to put them together. So I'm trying to put, you know, together the athletes, um, and their passions with some of my connections through jujitsu. So again, just putting out small little pieces, you know, of, you know, um, either a, a hoodie or no gi stuff or something to collaborate, you know, with, um, I, 
prepare food and, and figure all that stuff out. So I, it's, uh, again, it's, it's just a small passion project of mine. Yeah. Sweet. So Tony, thank you so much for your time and I appreciate it. It was a cool conversation. Hopefully the listeners got some good takeaways to some good ideas. I really appreciate your time, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for the time. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. So for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Who's who's Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Tony Amiglio. If you're listening just to the final thoughts on Instagram at Gustavo Dantas BJJ, Tony is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu and is the founder of Transcend Agency, a marketing company that has worked with clients such as the UFC, Nike, GoPro, EA Sports, ESPN, and Fox Sports, to name a few. In 2016, Tony and his business partner acquired Moscova from Quicksilver, who is one of the pioneers that transcends into lifestyle space of surf, jiu-jitsu, and health. He talked about the never-give-up attitude in jiu-jitsu and life, the importance of accountability partners in your personal and professional life. My main takeaway from the interview is when he said, Complacency breeds failure, which inspired me to title this episode the exact same quote. As you already know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I like to research the takeaway of the interview and hopefully create an audio that can inspire, impact, and or improve your life in some way. The first thing I did was to Google the word complacency. And here are two definitions that I found interesting. Number one, a feeling of calm satisfaction with your own abilities or situation that prevents you from trying harder. Number two, self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by an awareness of actual deficiencies. Both definitions describe what we call the comfort zone, the late entrepreneur Andy Groove, the co-founder of Intel, had a great quote. Quote, business success contains the seeds of its own destruction. Success breeds complacency. Complacency breeds failure. Only the paranoid survive. Unquote. If you click with the content shared on this podcast, the conversations about personal development, entrepreneurship, becoming the best version of yourself, you're probably a goal-oriented person. However, if you're not careful... After you reach a goal that you're striving for a long time, you can become complacent. I have done this plenty of times in different moments of my life, and maybe you have done it too, which means you are a human being. The legendary football coach Nick Saban has a great point of view about the comfort zone. Quote, complacency creates a blatant disregard for doing what's right. You can't do what you feel like doing. You got to choose to do the things that are going to help you accomplish the goals you have. When you get complacent, you lose respect for winning, unquote. Since I don't share too many jiu-jitsu examples, today I decided to use one. How many times in jiu-jitsu did you catch yourself using the same moves over and over, not going out of your comfort zone because of fear of making costly mistakes? For those who don't know, years ago, I created a list of the top 10 mental mistakes jiu-jitsu competitors make and how to avoid them available at the BJJMentalCoach.com. The list was based on all the mental mistakes that I have made at some point in my career. And number three is the fear of making costly mistakes. For sure, one of my personal top three, let's say, and one of the most common that I have noticed in high-level competitors. When you get complacent with your favorite positions because you have had previous successes before, sometimes this can prevent you from reaching another level of competence in jiu-jitsu. 
Marshall Goldsmith wrote a book titled, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, How Successful People Become Even More Successful. The title of the book is the truth in business, jiu-jitsu, and everything else. I understand that most of the listeners are not jiu-jitsu coaches. However, I would like to present you a scenario to see what advice would you give to a young competitor who wants to become a world-class black belt. Let's say you have a blue belt student that has been winning most of the big tournaments doing the same thing over and over. He or she considers himself or herself a guard player. He pulls guards, tries to get a submission, and when he doesn't, he sweeps. However, he's not confident with his top game, so most of the time he sweeps at the end of the match so he doesn't have to play much top, or if he does sweep too early, he will find a way to get only the advantage point and move back to the guard. Now you promote your student to the purple belt level. What advice would you give to him or her? Number one, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. You have been winning and getting results. Keep doing the same thing. Or number two, what got you here won't get you there. Stop being complacent. Go out of your comfort zone. Face your fear of making mistakes now because when you reach the world-class black belt level, your style is not going to work. What would you say? Number one or number two? In my opinion, if you pick the number one, you're thinking about the short-term goal. Don't get me wrong. Your students still can be successful. However, what got you here not necessarily will get you to a higher level of competence. Successful people become even more successful when they don't get complacent. When you face your fears and anxieties, go out of your comfort zone, focusing on your long-term goal. Then you have better odds of achieving the success you desire. I have a student that experienced what I've just described to you. In 2013, he won the Brazilian Nationals, the Europeans, and many other tournaments as a blue belt, doing the same thing over and over. When I promoted him to purple belt, I asked him, what's your goal? And he said, to become a world champion. Then I said, in what belt? He said, black belt. Then I kept real with him. I said, okay, so you better start evolving your game right now. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. I told him, the best black belts in the world are complete. They play and feel confident on the top and on the bottom. And if you want to become a world-class black belt, you need to go out of your comfort zone and start to play top in tournaments. From now on, in all the small tournaments, I don't want to see you pulling guard, only playing top, playing your takedowns or accepting guard pulls. What got you here will not get you there. He accepted the challenge, and long story short, currently in 2019, Orlando Monteiro ended in fifth place in the IBJJF black belt pound-for-pound pound ranking in between 1,500 competitors. After he competes, he likes to send me highlights of him getting takedowns and guard passes. He became a lot more dangerous because his opponents don't know if he's going to pull or go for a takedown. He became even more successful because he decided not to be complacent and he got committed to go out of his comfort zone to focus on his long-term growth. Now, what about you? What area of your life do you feel that you have reached some success and now you're complacent? Be honest with yourself. If you're complacent, it's okay. You're a human being. Reflect on why you're not going out of your comfort zone. Why are you afraid of making mistakes and fail? Focus on your long-term growth and take action. What is one step, just one, that you must take today to start overcoming complacency? Whatever that is, 
Feel the anxiety. Feel the fear. And do it anyway. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com. 